I think the key is to always give out positive energy. Mm-hmm. Sure. If if you push out positivity, you'll automatically receive positivity back. Mm-hmm. And again, like we said earlier, it's it's a journey. It's never going to be smooth. But at the end of the day, if you go with a position of negativity, then again, people feel your energy. Sure. So as long as you go with that mindset, okay, I'm going to give everything my all, do my best possible, then I think the right things will automatically come and then success will automatically follow. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. So join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, Alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I do have a very special offer for you today. I have a distinct pleasure of introducing you to a remarkable individual who embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship, innovation, and connection. Our alpha guest today is none other than Dave Chagger, the capital connector with a career as diverse as is it's impressive. Dave has made a significant impact in the world of business, investment, and networking. His journey has taken him across industries and continents, shaping his perspective and expertise in ways that few can match. From his role as a sales director at Capital Club Dubai, to his unique position as a business matchmaker and a private equity investor advisor, Dave has been the catalyst for countless successful ventures and collaborations. He earned the recognition as the Arabian Business 30 under 40 and continues to be the driving force behind growth and innovation in the Middle East and beyond. So whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur or a seasoned business leader or simply someone looking for inspiration and wisdom, this episode is for you. So get ready to be inspired as we delve into the mind and experience of the exceptional Dave Chagger. Without further ado, let's welcome Dave to the Alpha Talks podcast. Welcome, Dave. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. How are you today? All is well. All All is is well. Yeah. A little bit warm outside, but uh, much better in the air conditioning. Very good to have you today. So Dave, before we start, I usually have a question that says if the audience, one of them looked at the um, the episode when we launched it and looked at the title, looked at the thumbnail and found it interesting. So what can you promise them today that they will gain if they watch the whole episode? Anything out of your head? Well, hopefully it will be insightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, thank you very much for the uh, the kind words. It's, uh... You deserve it, brother. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Hopefully it'll be of some meaning, some benefit to people, whether they're here in Dubai or looking to move to Dubai. I really feel it's the land of opportunity. Absolutely. We were talking about this before going live. So I think, guys, you will get super inspired. Dave has a lot of experience on his shoulder, and I'm sure he will share the nuggets for you. So, Dave, before we start also, can you tell us who's Dave and tell the audience who's Dave in a very nutshell? Okay, so I'm about 40 years old now, British origin, been in Dubai for nearly nine years, married with two children, 
And uh, yeah, it's been quite an interesting journey up until this point. A hundred percent. It's super interesting and super actually diverse career. It's extremely diverse. So if we're talking about diverse experience in different industries, can you tell us you have a breadth of experience? How did this breadth of experience has shaped your approach to business and even entrepreneurship in general? So uh, coming from an entrepreneurial family, it was always something that uh, you always aspired to be like your father, to try and, you know, follow in his footsteps, learn from his path, you know, seek his guidance in many ways. And from a very young age, we saw my father always working late, uh, building the business from scratch. So that in itself was you know, great as an inspiration, try and mimic what he does. And then when you get older, once you've been through schooling and education, try and take it to the next level. What was the business? So manufacturing, mm-hmm. automotive sector. Mm-hmm. Very so, diversified. Yeah. So all rubber and plastic components. Yeah. And the main clients were General Motors, Nissan, Toyota, Honda. And it started from very, very humble beginnings. Mm, Blue chip. Are you involved in it these days or not? Uh, No, no, no. Mm. So the family business is still operational. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I'm out of it. Yeah, (laughs) we'll talk about this. We will talk about this. Tell us a little bit more about the Arabian business 30 under 40. At a young age, you have achieved this. What do you think that the qualities that you have and strategies that you believe that contributed uh, to this achievement? So I think uh, it was very humbling to be acknowledged by them and to be part of the list. To be among such, you know, such names as Alicia Mupin and then Adil Sajjan, very good friends. It was really like an acknowledgement of all mm-hmm. the effort and hard work. I think in, in the UAE especially, they really appreciate those who give back to the economy, to support other businesses. And uh, it was a privilege to be part of, part of that list. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that came down to Capital Club itself being an incredible platform and then how it's really evolved over the last two and a half years really impressive really impressive but if you tell me what are the personal qualities that you really think it contributed to this achievement so i think some of it comes down to trying to be humble mm-hmm. to listen to people understand what are their pain points because anybody who says they've not been through a challenge in life <laughs> is not being 100 percent honest True. you know i think challenges are what shape your vision and your approach moving forward True. So there's nothing wrong in actually acknowledging I've been through this hardship, but it's learning from them, adapting, and then moving forward. I love that. Let's go back a little bit to uh, private equity and VCs. You have an experience in this as well. Yes. Can you tell the audience what kind of trends happening these days? And I think you're aware of all these trends mm-hmm. because I believe and everybody believes that you do these kind of investments that's emerging in, in these days, especially in yeah. our region right now. So I think a lot of the private investors, institutional investors, they are to a large degree becoming more industry agnostic. They're open to any form of opportunity, provided it kind of ticks their requirements, mm-hmm. whether it be the ticket size or the regions or the main focus or what's the exit strategy. But definitely I've seen a little bit more of a slant towards the tech sector. Mm-hmm. Tech. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. again, when you're talking about multiples, that's where everybody feels that True. there's a and Especially a with AI multiple. these days, actually it's... AI is a big contributor to this. Exactly. And I think the key is narrowing down to good deal flow. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, when you're potentially opening it up to private investors, to good friends, to family, then it's got to be something you believe in. You need to believe in the founders. You need to ideally see a track record. True. And I think this is uh, this is the key for all private in investors. The founding team, absolutely correct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's having all those right ingredients where you think that it's got a strong likelihood of reaching a, a good exit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I want to touch a topic 
which is actually important for me as well and i believe a lot of people watching us is mm, i would say family and if i say like you worked in your family business for yeah. quite a long time i would say and how did you navigate the conflicts and differences in opinions within with family members i think if you've been through family struggles in terms of a business environment mm-hmm. you develop thick skin true it makes you that much more resilient to handle matters in in the open world because again in a family business it's not purely just about commercials mm-hmm. so for argument's sake with my father we had many challenging occasions because again you have different opinions and at the end of the day one has more autonomy than the other true so, especially from the culture that we come from to be honest exactly i mean being of indian culture mm-hmm. punjabi culture true. again you need to be respectful uh, father figures father figures true <laughs> exactly so it's maintaining that balance so it kind of prepares you to approach things in a way so that i know what i'm i know what i want to achieve and navigating to make sure you get the right objective true which means sometimes you need to bite your bite your tongue a little bit we're being politically correct <laughs> now okay <laughs> yeah so i think once you've been through all of those things if you manage to deviate uh family issues to eventually reach a positive outcome then in the normal business environment you're that much better equipped yeah, absolutely 100% you know we have lovely examples in our region with family business that they divided the companies among them you yes. understand like you deal with this company you deal with this company not overlapping because we we all pass through this it's very hard yeah. to manage it let's put it in another format from a family perspective being an entrepreneur being a career oriented person especially let's say in dubai you're let's say we're up 24/7 for work how do you manage work life balance and i do understand you value family a lot i think to a large degree you've got to have a certain kind of cut off point mm-hmm. again it can be a little bit of a gray line at times mm-hmm. but generally having an understanding that okay i will be working from this time to this time if you're likely to extend try and prepare your family as best as possible but again it's important to have that balance if you if you just focus only on the work side then family will, will struggle as a result mm-hmm. and especially when you have young children minor 10 and 12 right now mm-hmm. so they're very impressionable and thankfully my wife she really puts in a lot of effort uh but it's it's important to have that bonding time with them absolutely do you do it every day the bonding time uh as best as possible mm-hmm. yeah normally i try to uh leave by about 6 yeah. at least then i've got a couple of hours before they sleep because again they have very early starts at the moment so seven something today <laughs> we're taking him from yeah. the family time <laughs> thank you for being here let's talk about business expansion when we talked i understood that you did a lot of business expansion across borders in different countries yes. and every every entrepreneur his dream or her dream is to expand across borders and this is not an easy thing Can you tell them what kind of challenges they could face and what kind of advice for people who are looking to expand cross border? Uh, so each country is different. They have their own dynamics. So I remember moving to Australia, I was newly married at that point, and uh, we basically secured the first contracts with GM Holden at that mm-hmm. point, invested a significant amount of money in terms of setting up the infrastructure, entering the market and gaining more leverage took uh, understanding how the local people think mm-hmm. and it was a challenge for sure uh, but it's it's the way i approached it is by giving uh, no option to mm-hmm. my uh, my customers so in a diplomatic way yeah. eventually we made a lot of traction and it was a very interesting journey however when i consider tanzania for argument's sake mm-hmm. it's a very different kind of way of thinking um, and again it's it's all about 
reaching your your final objective. So there's an always, always a way, but you need to approach each way according to the different types of people. For people looking for expansion, usually we tell them that better have the proper foundation where you are starting, I would say, and then expand. What kind of advice would you give people like to focus on expanding their operation yeah. internally and then national level and then expand afterwards or to simultaneously expand to other countries? I think the key is not to overstretch. You need to make sure that you have enough kind of residual backing because there will always be unforeseen situations. Sure, especially when expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes opportunities arise which are too good to be missed and that requires a level of investment. So it's it's not not over pushing the boundaries to start off with. Then slowly, slowly, as you get traction, then it's easy to leverage up. True. And you have a a correct base. Exactly. But it's all about building that revenue, Mm -hmm. building the traction, building the track record. And then things kind of go one step at a time. I mean, when you're in your home country, you have all of those credentials. Mm -hmm. But when you're entering a new market, it's starting from scratch, effectively. You don't have the network. You don't have the connections. You don't, you don't, you don't. The culture is different. True. And similar for there, there are so many people moving to Dubai right now. Yeah. And I think the key is getting those right foundations, being amongst the right types of people, and then, you know, slowly assessing where you feel the right opportunities are. 100% totally agree. Let's go to the land of opportunities, Dubai. Yeah. Dubai was, I would say, a transitional point for you and a nice decision you made through a trip, but was not meant for Dubai. What, what did you see in Dubai at that time that inspired you? No, no, I'll stay here. So at that time. So Dubai has always been a trading hub. Mm-hmm. So the moment I started traveling, because there were no direct flights to Tanzania from the UK, so I had to commute through Dubai. Every time I was spending two, three days either side. And the more I realized by just exploring the local market, all the right connections in terms of suppliers were, were based here. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a cost reduction exercise, it made logical sense. So the more I was dealing with local UAE-based companies, and that then gave the traction for me to realize, okay, this is the place yeah, to be based. Mm-hmm. There's no point living in the UK, commuting all the time. Better we are based in Dubai, and then that gives a lot more freedom. Move around. And then in terms of quality of life as well. Of course. It gives you that balance, which I don't think any other city really can compare. Okay. Our audience is from across the world. So what can you tell about Dubai for entrepreneurs or people who want to run their business from Dubai, the benefits of Dubai to them as an entrepreneur, let's say? I think it's so much more of an open market. We have so many different nationalities, people from different backgrounds. I find that across Europe, the US, it's very difficult to reach the person you want to reach. Mm -hmm. There are several layers, whereas in, in the UAE, it's quite different. You know, in this room we're sitting in, that's what I was telling my team before, that in this room, I won't find this kind of mix if I'm sitting in Turkey or if I'm sitting in Russia or, or, or. That only happens in Dubai. Different nationalities, different countries, different experience. And that's thanks actually to Dubai. 100%. I think, generally speaking, the vast majority, we're, we're expats. Here. Mm-hmm. So you already know from the offset, you need to make that effort. You need to be out and about. You need to meet people. True. So it changes your mindset completely. 100%. So that's why you say it's the land of opportunities. Interestingly, whenever I travel the UK, for argument's sake, it's been a long time now. But people immediately tell, he's not based in the UK. Ah, done. Because again, you're, you're used to being that much more friendly and approachable, mm. making effort with people. True. Because everybody tends to do that as a given. 100%. So it changes your mindset. And even now when I look at my children, they speak so many languages. They ah, have a, that's true. They have a diverse network of friends. And this is uh, the beauty of Dubai. You don't miss living in UK. Not at all. Not at all. I heard it from a lot of people. 
let's go a little bit to Capital Club. And I want to give the audience an understanding first, what is Capital Club? So can you tell us what is Capital Club? It's been over 15 years. So Capital Club is the only private business members club in Dubai. As you said, operational for over 15 years. It's really a unique mix of entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, a lot of the ministers, ambassadors, consul generals, and then some of the owners of major conglomerates as well. We're, we're blessed that we have all these different people from different backgrounds who come to the club and they have a lot of their high-level meetings and discussions and they, they talk about business. So it's a really a unique environment. Mm, I love it. I've visited a couple of times and it's really impressive. Like a couple of questions and then you will tell the people how if they want to... Uh, join uh, Capital Club, what they will do. But Capital Club has a mix of, you said like all the mixes. So, but I'm sure there are a few billionaires in it, billionaires and millionaires. And what is the red line between them? What's the difference between millionaires and millionaires for people to understand? Uh, I think From your perspective. Yeah, there's a few different aspects to it. So one, I think uh, generally speaking, billionaires are a lot more low-key. Mm. You do have the odd anomaly, mm-hmm. especially in mm-hmm. Dubai. But generally speaking, they're very uh, self-confident. You know, they don't feel like they need to prove anything to anybody. They're very much self, self-fulfilled. self mm-hmm. uh, So the mindset is completely different. A lot of people who are in the millionaire bracket, they're still mm-hmm. very much aspirational. How they're going to grow their net worth, how they're going to grow their business. So a lot more focused on being on the wheel, so to speak. Whereas billionaires, whilst they still may be ambitious, they're probably a little bit more relaxed given the fact they've achieved probably the vast majority of their goals. True, true. Networking is your net worth. Your network is your net worth. Yes. And one of the things that it is really good for the, our audience to know, as you said, billionaires, they don't need anything. You, From a networking perspective, and you are the capital connector, what kind of advice would you give people if they want to connect with billionaires? Actually, they need nothing. What could be the keys? Uh, so I think the key with billionaires is trust. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, if you're always reaching out with, oh, I have this opportunity, I have that opportunity. You don't need it. It doesn't really reflect. I think generally speaking, when a billionaire has a specific requirement, they will come to you. Mm-hmm. They will approach you directly. They know exactly what they're looking for. And it's whether you can actually meet their objectives. So particularly so, when you're entering a conversation with them, it's just like building a relationship with nothing. Relationship yeah, is key. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, they're at a position where, again, everything automatically normally comes so for them to actually transact has to be based on trust Mm -hmm. and trust is built over time so like when when we talk about networking guys it's something that you do over time it's not that you do it one time and you forget about it so you need to build trust over time with these people and once you've got that credibility that say they've they've opened you up to one aspect of their business you have to deliver Uh if you don't deliver then that's it done true so you have one window true we or I, I totally believe that one of the strong keys that people should develop these days is a personal brand. Do you think that personal brand is a way of gaining trust with high net worth people? I think there's two aspects to it. So on one side, it's very important in today's age because at the end of the day, there are only a handful of billionaires compared to millionaires. Mm-hmm. So it's important to appeal, generally speaking, to be known for what you do, what are your achievements, etc. Generally speaking, for billionaires, it's more by referral mm-hmm. through a friend or through part of their existing network that they understand, OK, this can add value to my life, to my business. Mm-hmm. However, if you have that presence, then that's something that they can always research, look True. into prior to actually meeting. 
what are the tips that you could give the guys or the, our audience on building networks on building relationships you are a master of that so what kind of three tips you would give the people who are really working to yeah. do networking because i believe 90% of people doing networking in wrong 100% i think time is finite we have a limited number of hours in the day so it's really critical to actually actively focus on the people where you feel that there is opportunity a lot of people tend to do it in an ad hoc way mm-hmm. without any clear vision or foresight but again it's much better to be focused and targeted and then you'll find a lot better in terms of rewards finding mutual benefit mm-hmm. so it's really a case of time management and then also in terms of profiling that they are the right caliber of people decision makers within that industry where it'll actually move forward mm, i love that being a sales director in capital club of course that's a leadership role and you faced a lot of leadership challenges what kind of leadership style do you follow so thankfully we uh, we have a great gentleman who we all are thankful that he's been supporting the club our chairman Hussein Sultan Al-Junaidi. So he's a very different type of gentleman, very, very humble. So he actually founded Enoch. Mm-hmm. And he gives everybody a free hand to operate as best as they see fit. So I feel having that level of freedom elevates everybody. So as long as we're all aligned with the same vision that we want to make Capital Club cemented as the elite private business members club, then everything else falls into place. True. I love when we had a chat before uh the podcast you were telling me that you're having 10 meetings at the same time your hands you know like we have a saying that we love to get our hands dirty getting yeah. into the things so i believe that your leadership style is like leading by examples because at the end of the day you need you drive a high performance team and i believe that you embody this to lead by example you're doing Thank everything you. on your own i was watching a podcast for you And this is extremely important for people who are thinking about entrepreneurship because, you know, these days, entrepreneurship is more of a lifestyle. It's more of a trend. Yes. People think that entrepreneurship is something easy that you can jump in and then the, have the Lambos, the Patek Philippe and all these at the glance. You said that before you jump into entrepreneurship, you need to have a cushion, a financial cushion. Can you elaborate on this for people? Because sometimes people say, like, I will jump the boat. And like, you know, I think if you're in a normal nine to five type of role, You have that comfort zone. And uh, it's, it's something where you really need to have that drive. Above and beyond, I've got an idea. It's got to be something that you feel monetarily will give you, your family, a better quality of life. And that's not an easy road. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. So you have to be prepared that life is not easy. Mm-hmm. There's always competition. So how do you stand out? True. And at the end of the day, that also requires sacrifice in some cases. Mm-hmm. So having that buffer allows for you to not sacrifice to the same degree as you may have to. So that's why the key is not to overleap, understand and, and to plan correctly. Planning is everything true. Yeah. You had a challenge that you didn't have an experience in, which is, I believe, is running the power plant in Tanzania, right? How did you jump into this challenge? That's entrepreneurship yeah. to the bone. Having a challenge, taking the risk, go getting it, doing it in an absolutely different country. So it was interesting. I still remember the phone call from my father-in-law. I've acquired the power plant. And uh, again, it kind of came from top down because he was being entrepreneurial by entering the industry, mm-hmm. entering the field. So for me, it was a challenge for sure because I had no prior experience in terms of the power and energy sector. And I thought, okay, how do I go about this? So it was really a case of trying to learn everything from the ground up. 
which means being on the site, being on the ground, understanding what each team member is involved in. So there's a team of about 120 staff. Who are the key decision makers? How can we focus on cost efficiency? So it became step-by-step learning. And I I remember when we were looking at uh, various plans of expansion, it was a case of challenging people who were 20 years my senior when it comes to costings and... uh, you know, you, you've, just got to, you've just got to bite the bullet and uh, push beyond the boundaries and you only gain respect and credibility by, by taking those line. risks. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that a- anyone can be an entrepreneur or everyone should be an entrepreneur? I don't think everybody is built for it. Yeah. I think most people have the skill set, but they really need to unlock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people prefer the comfort of being in a normal everyday type Nine of role or managerial position. But again, it takes a different type of person, I feel, to, to take that entrepreneurial risk. Because again, your business could be booming for decades and decades. True. And then overnight, a circumstance changes and then you have to it's build done. from scratch. True. So like we have some mutual friends in common, they've been through some hardship mm-hmm. and they're not shy of the fact. True. But that's what makes them who they are. That's what makes them more resilient and more capable of succeeding in the future as well. Tell me, will you revert back to being an entrepreneur or not? Or do you um, miss being an entrepreneur who knows i mean i'm at the age of 40 now <laughs> still young uh but what i feel which is which is of value every day when i go to sleep is the fact that i feel like i'm making a contribution to so many people's businesses and at the same time i'm learning so many different sectors so many different aspects which uh which is beautiful to be part of that experience mm-hmm. as well so for now <laughs> capital club <laughs> is the priority absolutely, for sure absolutely they've a lot of people will ask me now, mm, okay, how can I join Capital Club Dubai? So how can people join Capital Club? So we have quite a unique member base. And I think the key for Capital Club is to maintain the caliber of those who are within the membership. Uh, it's a very different approach in terms of the club. Everybody is very welcoming. It's very much kind of a fluid environment. Everybody's looking to connect and meet other people. Uh, so the key is... Uh, being of the right kind of background Mm -hmm. and where we feel is the right fit for the club. So generally speaking, anyone who's looking to join, they need to go through the board of directors in terms of approval process. But we have a lot of corporates, a lot of people who who join on an individual basis. It's very important. I totally believe as well to maintain the caliber, as you said, at a particular level. Because that's what the ethos of the club is all about. True. Is being the elite networking environment. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to be aligned in terms of their thinking process how they operate, understanding the rules of how the club operate. And then beyond that is for everybody to do business and also to enjoy. Is there any uh, age restriction? Uh, So we even have members under the age of 30. Mm -hmm. So we have a separate category for young executives Mm -hmm. as well as for individuals and corporates as well. So we have different categories and also our members. So they have unlimited access to Capital Club Dubai. But also whilst they're traveling, whether it be London, Paris, Singapore, Hong Kong, they, they can utilize the reciprocal clubs mm-hmm. up to 12 times each club a year. So it means for international businessmen. It's very nice. Yeah. True. Very. Okay. How can they apply action uh, on the website? Because I'll leave it in the description. Uh, how can they apply? Yeah. Either through the website Outside. is normally the best way. Mm-hmm. It's always best to be referred by a member. Mm-hmm. So the again, if you know somebody who's a member, then that also holds some weight. So Perfect. I'll be leaving the website of Capital Club in the description. If anybody is interested to apply, but again, it's based on a very tough criteria. Thank you, David, uh, Dave, for this uh, info, because I believe a lot of people will keep asking how to join 
because you know these days once when you say a club a networking club with business people everybody's interested to join so we'll be leaving the link and you guys look it through another question to smooth a little bit the things <laughs> i like to smile so of course you made a very i would say strong business mistake in your life everybody did yeah. couple tell us one and tell us what did you learn from it <sighs> which one to choose <laughs> <laughs> that's always the challenge so there was one one move that i made mm. that i think was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. in terms of cost it was regarding a specific transaction mm. where again i didn't do my due diligence as well as mm. i should do let's put it this way yeah. i never repeated the same mm. mistake again. so preparation due diligence is 100%. a must for you. you know at the end of the day you can't overlook any detail true it's to make sure everything is matching true. what you say is going to be delivered and you know it's it's always making sure that you've done due diligence to the max i always tell my team is the devil and the magic is in the details yeah. don't take things very uh, from a high level and you know the beauty of that situation is so uh, the way it was dealt with as a family was okay we made a mistake mm-hmm. as a family but again uh, it's just about moving forward and learning from true that. true so you again it won't it won't be repeated <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure about that yeah. okay i want you to share with us and the audience a hidden talent or a skill that you have that nobody knows okay i think probably my wife would not agree with me yeah. but i'd say it's listening uh, listening poof <laughs> because and the you know, key is listening. exactly that's actually that's a very good thing because being a, a connector a person who really enjoys networking with people yeah the key is listening 100% and uh, i think it's really something that the more you actually observe you have to observe people's characteristics mm-hmm. you have to ob- understand their body language but to listen that then opens up many different frontiers in terms of different angles of mm-hmm. conversation that are very valuable mm-hmm. listening Okay, being successful is always depending on I believe um a guy who was corporate then being an entrepreneur and 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 I believe it's built on a set of habits that you have and routines that you follow yeah. consistently. What are your habits and routines that so, contributed to the yeah. success? So I think yeah the key is discipline. So I love to start the day by about 6 6:30 in the morning. and it always starts with dropping the children into mm-hmm. school and that's that quality time that makes everything meaningful what's mm-hmm. the purpose behind what you're doing it's not necessarily just about money it's about the purpose behind that it's about seeing your children grow up trying to be the best role model you can um and then from there it's a case of starting the day planning for the rest of the day what are the different meetings being pre-prepared we apologize for the family we're taking day from the family time <laughs> no problem <laughs> What are your goals and aspirations professionally and personally? So, I think in the very new, near future Capital Club will reach its maximum, in which case a waiting list will probably then be introduced. So that's very very important. That's the prime focus in mm-hmm. terms of Capital Club at the moment. And then keep on focusing on being the attraction point. We have so many high net worths moving to Dubai right now. Sure. Keep on being that inviting place where they feel comfortable, they can do business. That's priority in terms of the business mm-hmm. side. in terms of personal side i think the key is so my children are now 10 and 12 mm-hmm. i already have a limited time before they move and fly the nest so it's really a case of devoting that time one on one above and beyond the business side to be accessible to mm-hmm. i respect so that. i respect <laughs> that very much before i go to the last part of the episode i want to ask you a question because it really opened my eyes when we were sitting and talking before the show 
you said one of the things that we learned in Dubai is to spot the bullshitters. And it's really kept running in my head all this time. Yes, sometimes you deal with a lot of people that they show something that is actually not real. Yeah. Can you give us tips how to to spot the BS? I think being some, involved in this type of I'm going to hide my watch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think sometimes you need to look at the warning signs. Wearing a fancy watch does not necessarily be mean it's a prerequisite for success. True. In many ways, I think uh, the way people dress, the way they appear is almost as a cover up to try and make sure that everything is fluid in terms of the business environment. So I think the key is not to necessarily rush mm-hmm. into any opportunity or investment or you know business aspect. The key is take your time, do your due diligence, Again, assess due diligence. the 360. Mm-hmm. Because it's important to understand what you're getting yourself into. 100%. And it's very difficult to reverse those uh, those moves once mm-hmm. you make them. True. I love that. Because I personally faced this when I moved to Dubai and we had a chat before the podcast. And it's actually very valuable to really do your due diligence and actually don't take what you see as real. I mean, there are a lot of capable people. There are a lot of people who can really assist in terms of moving business opportunities forward. But again, it's you know you, you can't necessarily go in each and every direction. Mm-hmm. Before we end, what kind of message do you want to leave the audience with from Dave? I think we're all blessed to be in an environment like the UAE. Mm. It's not like anywhere else in the world. It's such a fertile environment when it comes to business and in terms of building good relationships. I think the key is to make your time valuable, both in terms of business and also personally as well. Mm-hmm. To enjoy. I think if, if you... Uh, If you have the personal side correct, then that allows for you to flourish on the business side and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's just about making your time valuable. You know, at the end of the day, never do anything 50%. True. You're going to be in that meeting for one hour. Make it the best best you possibly Mm -hmm. can. You know, there is a quote that I love. It says like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And actually, I believe in this so much. Even if I'm doing something at home, it has to be 100% because if I do it, not in the right way it is means in my business i do things i'm not in the right way 100%. 100% we have a tradition in the podcast here that we do the following which says this is called the alpha talks memoir okay the alpha talks memoir is kind of i would say a memoir that you will write here what was your experience in the alpha talks podcast that's the first thing the okay. second thing is you will write a question to the second the next alpha guest um any type of question, it comes to your head. The next guest won't know who wrote it, but it's a way of connecting the alpha guests together. Okay. And the third thing is, who do you think could be the next alpha guest that you recommend that will add value to the Alpha Talks audience? These are the three things. <laughs> so before going out, there is a question for okay. you. Okay. Okay. What is the most fundamental decision a person needs to make in order to succeed in life. What's the most important decision Decision a person needs to make in order to succeed in life? I think uh, the key is to always give out positive energy. Mm-hmm. If, if you push out positivity, you'll automatically receive positivity back. Mm-hmm. And again, like we said earlier, it's, it's a journey. It's never going to be smooth. But at the end of the day, if you go with a position of negativity, then again, people feel your energy. True. So as long as you go with that mindset, okay, I'm going to give everything my all, do my best possible, 
And I think the right things will automatically come and then success will automatically follow. You know, I, I look at also at myself. I hate to be around negative people. I hate to be around complainers. So it's 100% going around with neg- positive energy. Exactly. Because if you go with positive mentality, the only person you have to blame is your, yourself. A hundred percent. Dave, it was an amazing episode. I believe that a lot of people watching us will be inspired. I loved your diverse career. And of course, people will be super interested to join the Capital Club. So we'll leave all the details in the description. And I thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Saif Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.